0: This is a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversation with hosts Leah Lem and Dr. Anthony Stately. COVID-19 Community Conversation is supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health.
1: Anin, hello, I'm Leah Lem.
0: And I'm Anthony Stately. We're back with more conversations, more explorations about how Indian country in Minnesota is responding and adapting to the current pandemic. Miigwech and thank you all for joining us.
1: Yes, we are back again with another conversation. Boujou, Anthony Stately. Hi, Leah. How are you doing? I'm
0: doing great. I'm doing great. Good. Spring has finally arrived, so that's something to be excited <laughs> about, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, it's always a joy to be able to talk with you for a bit. You bring your expertise to these conversations, which I am so thankful for. And once again, today we'll be hearing from folks around Minnesota on the topic that we're covering.
0: Yes, and today on the show, we're going to be looking at how we make health decisions in a pandemic. Decisions that we can live with.
1: That's right. So we're into this pandemic a couple years in. And it can be hard to know exactly what to do and what level of precautions to take because things are changing all the time. But, you know, how do we make that, those decisions, like you said, Anthony, that we can live with? You know, maybe we're not like, you know, I, I was thinking, are they decisions that we can feel good about? Or are they decisions we can basically live with and, you know, feel confident in moving forward? For example... I just had a gig recently, oh. playing a little music,
2: mm-hmm. because
1: you know the pandemic had a hit hit performing musicians pretty hard, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, with gigs, in-person gigs, and I just did an indoor gig where there weren't precautions that were required mm-hmm. and I don't really know what I was expecting when I went into this because, you know, I'm not usually one to have a giant crowd of people and, and performing for a large crowd. Yeah. So let's just say, people are eager to get out there, uh, see some live music. So actually, I'm now isolating <laughs> because it, it was very crowded, more than I expected. And I know some people who were in the same area is me who are COVID positive now. Yeah. And I'm like, I definitely expected it. You know, I looking around at the gig and, you know, because it was a festival and there were a lot of performances happening, I'm like, there's definitely going to be some stuff spread around here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I guess I just didn't do my research beforehand to realize how crowded it would be. Because yeah, I'm I'm used to smaller crowds. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Um I think that um it's to be expected probably like that's probably mm-hmm. something we could have predicted but I also think that you know there are so many people that are in the same situations like we you know we um at NAC we have a bunch of it's American Indian month now in Minnesota right mm-hmm. now currently like as we're recording this and there are a lot of things that are kind of happening in the community people are sort of really excited about getting back together and being in the same social space and sharing and seeing one another, you know, um, singing, dancing, socializing, eating Mm -hmm. food. These all are things that we have like not been able to really do for a couple of years. And I think people are feeling confident because of the high vaccination rates and a few other things, and so part of it is is that like that's just like who we are as human beings. We're social animals. We want to get together. We want to celebrate. We want to kind of you know do all that stuff. Um, We are in a different space and place than we were a couple of years ago. Um, We have all this other noise nationally and internationally that's drawing our attention away from pandemic and discussions and um, focusing on that. So there's. You know, it's it requires us to be diligent. You know, to, to sort of really remind ourselves. Oh, you know, there's this thing happening um, that we that we forgot about, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. it takes things like getting an infection. We had a few people at the clinic last week. You know, test positive, and it caused us all to stop and say, "Oh, like, what do we? You know, do we need to become more diligent? You know, I had a family member get really sick and end up in the hospital. Oh, mm-hmm. those kinds of things." are reminders like we're not out of the woods yet,
1: right? Right. Right. And I know several people who've, you know, been vaccinated, have had their booster, or have had COVID who are now, or have caught it again. Mm -hmm. And granted, they're very, very mild cases. So that's good. Um, But, you know, that's very um, lucky, I guess. And, you know, a testament to... The effectiveness of vaccines, yes, um, and all that, and and those other decisions that they've made, yes, in the past, getting here, so it's hard. It's, I mean, we're just kind of having this whiplash. I feel like staying isolated and then being like, finally freedom, and just like <laughs> running around, and then kind of this whiplash again, like, oh no, it's still out there. <laughs> you know what? We get used to it. <laughs> So, let's talk a bit about a few statistics where we are in the pandemic now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are, you know, mid-May. It's been a couple years, and we passed the milestone of one million Americans passing away from COVID-19 as of May 4th, 2022. So, that's just one of those sobering numbers uh, sobering milestones that can remind us that we're still in a pandemic. Yeah,
0: and you know what's remarkable about that is that um, about, about a year ago, we were at about 600 and some thousand. So essentially, um, it took less than a year to double those numbers, practically. Hmm. I was trying to have a conversation with my son the other day about, you know, the current times, the things that are going on, COVID and a few other things. And I was like, having a difficult time sort of aligning that to sort of the magnitude of things that I had experienced as a young boy at 14, Mm. at 12, 13, 14 years old, right? Um, And he said, he goes, yeah, he goes, it's probably the biggest thing um, that the world has ever had to contend with. And because we were talking about the the million Americans who had died, and and then I said, you know, that's that's more than the people that died um, in you know um, the um, 1918 flu flu pandemic. That's more people than died in all of the wars that we've ever had: World War II, World War One, Vietnam War, all these big wars that we've had. Um, it is the greatest human toll we have had in the United States, if not across the globe, much bigger than the HIV pandemic even. Mm. And so it's like, you know, just as a contextual sort of like, reminder, it's like, it is the thing that has really sort of challenged us as globally, not just locally in the most recent modern times.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for bringing that perspective into that comparison because, you know, it's hard to imagine the toll because we haven't necessarily experienced something similar but yeah that does make that does make a lot of sense with that perspective yeah so today we're going to focus a lot on bringing a child into the world during a pandemic and particularly when it comes to the vaccine and taking precautions um so NAC. Uh, The Native American Community Clinic, where you are the president and CEO, cares for expecting parents and newborns, correct? Yes. Um, Is there any updates or information that you'd like to share in that regard?
0: Well, I mean, I think we continue to see. We also, NAC has been, you know, for the last two and a half years, been on the forefront of responding to the pandemic in our community. You know, we have worked hard to vaccinate you know, members of our community that are eligible for a vaccine done a lot to try to provide education, um, helped people to sort of like you know support them in the decision making process so they can arrive at a at a decision about the vaccine and about managing um, the impact of the pandemic on them personally and on their families in a way that is a decision um, that you know they can be comfortable with that they can live with that they you know that they're. Um, That gives them, I guess, peace, peace of mind, a little bit more peace of mind, if you can have that in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. And I think, um, you know, we worked, we we just recently actually did a whole push again on social media and uh, media platforms to encourage pregnant women and women of childbearing age to get um, vaccinated. Um, the evidence, um, we have a little bit more research that supports you know, the protective um, quality of vaccines. Um, they also have been shown to be very uh, effective in keeping people from getting seriously ill and sick and hospitalized um, if they do become positive, which I think is a really important thing. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things that's important for our listeners who they themselves may be of childbearing age and or are pregnant and wondering if they should get vaccinated is like, you know, the pregnancy in and of itself is, you know, a pretty high risk medical condition, right? Generally speaking, um, you, it is not an insignificant health issue. Right. And then, Layer in the potential risk that you may or may not contract COVID nineteen and 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 gets ill from it. That combined with the pregnancy, the actual sort of medical condition of being pregnant, makes you more vulnerable to potentially becoming seriously ill yourself and or compromising the viability of your of your um, um, your child. And so we try our best to do those things, like educate people and help them to understand that. And I think that's a really important um, piece of information, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So when when we talk about complications with COVID-19 and pregnancy, if the parent is sick, if the mama is sick, then how does that affect the growing baby?
0: Well, I think there's probably, I mean, there's really good information on the CDC website, um, you know, which I would really encourage any of our listeners in the community that um, want to understand it better to visit that COVID-19 information page that CDC has. There's a whole bevy of information on that page that relates specifically to pregnant and parenting um, women and covid-19 and then I think that the other piece to that is is that you know it's making sure that we're ha- encouraging people to have this conversation with their with their P- with their OBGYN and their primary care doctor. Mm-hmm. So there's these things that can kind of make you much more vulnerable to having poor health outcomes for yourself. So as if if you have if you're pregnant and you're having you know, like um, the impact of something like gestational diabetes, which is making it to make your um, sugars out of control, and then that there's a whole cascading um, series of things that happen to you physically, physiologically, while you're pregnant. If you just end up getting gestational diabetes, that makes both you and the baby um, very um, vulnerable to poor health outcomes or fatality, right? And there's a bunch of other things that can happen, um, that are complicating factors. When those things happen, and you're also contract um, something like COVID-19, you are you are you are more likely to have some serious serious complications that could um, lead to serious complications for both you and the baby. So these are situations in which I say and I recommend is like you as a patient need to be talking with your OBGYN and your primary care doctor about your specific health conditions and which vaccine, if you haven't already taken one, is likely to protect you best and likely to protect your fetus best, right? Hard conversations to have for sure, but really, really important ones to have. listening to a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Today we're talking about how we make health decisions and decisions um, that we can live with in the middle of a pandemic. And we're going to hear from two women who are pregnant and expecting babies in the near future. So let's
1: talk a little bit about a couple points that the CDC does have uh, on their website, uh, including that the COVID-19, the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine taken during pregnancy does reduce the risk for infection and severe illness for people who are pregnant. So it, it still is effective during pregnancy. Next of note is that vaccination while pregnant does build antibodies that might protect the baby. And then they also note that there's been a small study that has found that infants born to pregnant people who were vaccinated Mm -hmm. while pregnant did have detectable antibodies against COVID-19. So there is some evidence that the vaccine affects the antibodies of the infants born to pregnant people who were vaccinated. Yeah. And there are antibodies to infants born from those who had COVID-19 during pregnancy, but...
0: Well, it's demonstrably low. Like So the comparison between the two is the evidence seems to suggest significantly that over half of the sample of women who were pregnant and who were oxo vaccinated... Passed on some um, antibodies to their children, to their babies. Um, six months after they were born, there was still evidence of that. Mm-hmm. But in the mm-hmm. in the in the pool of um, women who were not vaccinated, who did give birth, only eight percent of them showed their infants as having some antibodies um, protecting them, and that's significantly a different sort of, you know, mm-hmm. a, that's. I don't know. I can't do the math in my head. Eight, uh, what? Five, four times more greater. <laughs> <laughs> Five times greater.
1: <laughs> yep. And there's also data that show that getting the two-dose mm-hmm. mRNA COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy can help protect babies younger than six months old from being hospitalized. So another huge benefit. You know, if it's helpful that's great because the risks are still very low to getting a vaccine. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So let's hear from a couple of folks who have made the decision for themselves and their families. Patricia Dryman and Janelle Johnson spoke to Chaz Wagner, who is an educator and from the Boys Fort Band, and he spoke to the two people for today's Community Conversations. So let's hear from Patricia Dryman first. Here she is.
3: My name is Patricia Dryman. I'm from Orr, Minnesota, and I'm a Boy's Fort band member. I work for the Boy's Fort Tribal Government in the Indian Child Welfare Department as a case manager. I got the COVID vaccine because I wanted to not only protect me, but those who are more affected by the virus than myself. Being pregnant during COVID has definitely made me more self-aware of, it's not just about me and my health anymore. It's about the health of my unborn baby and making sure that I'm taking care of myself so that my baby is well taken care of too. Something I would want a fellow mom to be or new mom to know is definitely do your research on things that you are unsure about other people's opinions are nice but sometimes it's nice to really form your own opinion on things and doing your own research and finding out the information is always best something i would want the community to know about pregnant women and new moms at this during this time is just be patient with us we're learning we are unsure of a lot of things and we might be wary and you just need to be patient and let us find our way.
0: Sounded to me what really helped her sort of maybe arrive at a place where she felt really comfortable about it was the recognition that it was more risky for her not to have the vaccine than not because of the potential impact it could have on other people in her life as well as her, as her unborn child. And, and I think anytime we sort of kind of confronted with a, a decision of that magnitude, I think, in our lives, it really does help to talk it through, I think, and get a bunch of different perspectives.
1: Yeah, talk about it out loud.
0: Yeah, feels, talk about it out loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, it feels good. So, having a sounding board, I think, is very helpful. And, you know, Patricia, again, what we've talked about in community conversations in the past is being a good relative, looking out for your community, mm-hmm. and thinking outside yourself. So, you, the vaccine does help protect yourself, but also others in your community. And, that's what I see Patricia doing in her decision making process is trying to be a good relative as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really powerful from Patricia Dryman. I'm so grateful for her sharing her thoughts about being pregnant and making the decision to get the vaccine. So, next is Janelle Johnson, another pregnant woman who made her decision to get the vaccine as well.
2: So let's hear what she has to say. Here she is. Anine. my name is Janelle Johnson. My maiden name is White. I'm from Onigam, Minnesota. I'm a citizen of Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe Tribal Nation. And currently I'm the director of American Indian Education for Walker Hackensack Akeley School District. I got vaccinated I was going to as a like a normal health person to do my part in not spreading COVID, but also I happened to be pregnant. So when it was determined that it was safe for pregnant people, I wanted to get the vaccine to um, protect myself as a high risk person. Now that I was pregnant. Initially, I was worried about getting pregnant because thinking of bringing a child into the world during this time added to an already worried person's mind. But now that I'm pregnant, um, it's kind of been a blessing or a silver lining because the pandemic has forced my life to slow down and to actually have less sickness in our household. I would like other moms to know that there are ways to have a safe and healthy pregnancy in a pandemic. I've known other recent moms who are even earlier on in the pandemic, and they're, they're healthy and their baby is healthy And the other thing I would like moms to know is to do a lot of preparation and research. I didn't do this with my first pregnancy and I wish that I had because it's been um, a blessing to be able to prepare um, for birth this time. There's A lot of things to know, a lot of support, support that I didn't know that was there. I'm a person that likes to do things all on my own, Um, so to be able to have so much support this time around has been awesome. I would like to make a public service announcement and tell the community That kissing newborns is never okay. So during the pandemic, it's really, really not okay. Mm -hmm. But it's been fresh on my mind because kissing and the contact in the newborn stage is dangerous for the baby in general. And mom's protective instinct kicks in, and we want the best. Obviously, for our baby and their health.
1: Absolutely, Janelle. I do I would hate to have that mama bear instinct kick in if somebody was kissing up on my little one. Yeah. <laughs> in a pandemic. Yeah, that that is hard. That goes against instinct, I think, to not kiss a newborn. But it makes complete complete yeah. sense.
0: I remember when my sons were born. And, um, they were born almost three weeks premature and they spent a lot of time in the NICU you know, two and a half weeks in the NICU Um, and I just remember not like not being really all that thrilled with like people, other people holding the baby, you know, the babies like, you know, and I didn't give birth to them, I didn't cook them in my stomach you know, so I was like, don't kiss my kid (laughs) holy
1: (laughs) Well, I remember it being a big deal, like to make sure that people had the flu vaccines, and to not get too close because of whooping cough was a big deal, and I'm sure it is still a big deal. But these things are easily transmissible. Oh my god, it's really bad for babies. When
0: my sons were six months old, they were like chunky little fat things, and I was like, God, they're kind of overweight, and you know and. And then the pediatrician was like, well, that's good. We want them to be a little bit overweight in case they get ill. And, you know, and here they did get sick at six months old with the flu. And they lost like almost 10 or 15 percent of their body weight, which was demonstrable. Right. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so, like, I get it. I like I don't want people touching my kid. I'm kind of still at that age. They're 15 (laughs) now and I still don't want people touching my kid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And I really love what Janelle was talking about, giving, you know, supporting other mothers and mothers-to-be and just encouraging that preparation and research. Yeah. And especially in a pandemic, I know that is, you know, being a mother myself, that time, you you realize how much work having (sighs) a child is, how many concerns you will have until forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with a child it's it's no small thing to prepare to have a child and to be in a pandemic would just be another thing added to the research uh, for precautions so that's all a part of the process now is including that pandemic precaution pandemic response mm-hmm. so thank you janelle for those wise words
0: yeah, I mean I think that is like, you know, that is dem- demonstrating being a good relative when you can think about um you know how the decision you make impacts not just you and your baby, but also mm-hmm. the ability to sort of kind of help other mothers who are struggling with the those decisions, expectant mothers, like how can I be helpful? How can I give them some um some encouragement and some sense of confidence and and some con- sense of um you know, she talked a little bit about her anxiety there. You know, like you know, she's she's like prone. She said something about like being a little bit more prone to sort of being a worried person. So instead of being sort of kind of disabled and crippled by her worry and her anxiety, she mobilized this process of like talking to people, looking for information, um, trying to get as much input into sort of her decision making as she possibly could, and then arriving at a place where she felt comfortable. And I think that's. That's a, that's a really good gift to provide to other, other women who are going to be giving um, birth during this pandemic. You know, a roadmap for them to follow, I suppose.
1: So, miigwech Patricia Dryman and Janelle Johnson. And, of course, chimiigwech Chaz Wagner for bringing those voices to the conversation.
0: Miigwetch, and thank you for listening today. I'm Anthony Stately.
1: And I'm Leah Lem. Giga and we wish you, and those to come, health.
0: <sighs> Absolutely. Giga
2: Minnesota Native News Special Edition COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health.